Welcome to the BSN Nuggets podcast presented by In We Go, the subscription that allows you to go to as many events as you can for only $39 a month with no additional costs or fees. You heard that right. No additional fees. Literally hundreds of events for $39 a month. For instance, this past week, you could have gone to Avs vs. Stars, Rockies vs. Phillies. Congratulations to the Colorado Rockies for clinching a playoff berth. C vs. UCLA. Congratulations to my Colorado Buffaloes for beating the Bruins here Friday night. You could still go to the Denver Fall Whiskey Festival, the Westward Feast, or the big, wonderful beer fest this weekend. We're talking concerts, beer tastings, food fests, comedy shows, 5Ks, anything else that you can imagine. If it's going on in Denver, there's a good chance that In We Go can get you in. For BSN listeners, here's where it gets good, guys. We've partnered with In We Go to give you guys a great deal. So if you go to InWeGo.com backslash BSN or download the app for free and use promo code BSN50 when you subscribe, you get 50% off your first month. That's right. All events in Denver for under 20 bucks during your first month. And this isn't just a read, guys. I'm serious. InWeGo is an amazing app. You can't believe, I can't believe that it's only 39 bucks a month and you guys get it. 50% off your first month. Only 20 bucks for a lot of really cool, fun events to go to in Denver. Again, if you try it, you'll fall in love with it, just like we did here at BSN Denver. So if you go to inwego.com backslash BSN, that's I-N-W-E-G-O dot com backslash BSN. Or if you download their app and use the promo code BSN50, you get 50% off your first month of Inwego for just 20 bucks. You really can't beat that. And with that, I'd like to welcome all of you into the BSN Nuggets podcast presented by In We Go, of course, the subscription that can get you into almost any event in Denver. Harrison Wind here, Friday edition of the show, recording Friday afternoon, Friday evening after the Nuggets' fourth training camp practice here down here in San Diego on the campus of San Diego State University. A lot to get in today. I'm going to go over some things to watch for. In Denver's first preseason game. Yes, we're talking first preseason action Sunday against the Lakers here in San Diego. I'll be here covering it, of course. I'll also be at Tuesday's second preseason game, also against the Lakers in L.A. at Staples Center. But we've got a game Sunday. In just two days, the Nuggets will have practice Saturday again at San Diego State. They'll have a shoot-around Sunday morning. I'll bring you coverage of that. And then the game Sunday night. Then they're headed up to L.A., Yes, they're flying to L.A., making the short flight from San Diego after the game on Sunday uh, to L.A. They'll practice Monday, and then they'll have shoot-around Tuesday morning, and then another game against the Lakers Tuesday night. It seems like LeBron will at least play in this first game, uh, so it will be fun. Something I've been tossing around with the media folks down here, a couple of us made the trip from Denver. Here's a theory for you guys to think about and chew on. What if... The Nuggets come out, and I know it's preseason. I know it doesn't mean anything in the long run. I know it means very little. You should not take a ton away from these preseason games. There will be some things to take away, but don't be adjusting your win totals by two or three games based on how the Nuggets do in preseason. But what if the Nuggets come out and run the Lakers out of the gym over these first two games, which I think is a possibility because I don't know how much LeBron's going to play. He's going to play maybe a quarter here, a quarter there, a few minutes here, a few minutes there. This Lakers team has a lot of new pieces. I don't know how they're going to gel right off the bat. 
The Nuggets are really the opposite. ton of continuity. The starters have played a lot of minutes together before. This bench rotation has been intact before. It's really the same rotation that they played last year. What if the Nuggets run the Lakers out of the gym two games in a row, which I think there's a chance of happening. For On one hand, I'm excited to see the panic that will ensue nationally when it comes to the Lakers if that happens. I'd also be excited to see if there's anybody like, man, look at these Denver Nuggets. Run the Lakers out two games in a row. There will be some overreaction, but again, it's preseason. But part of me is kind of excited to see what would ensue if the Nuggets have a really encouraging first two showings, which I think is entirely possible. So that's another thing I'm looking for. But again, I'm going to get into some of my big things to watch for Sunday versus Lakers and Nuggets first preseason game on Monday show. I'll recap what happened in the game on Sunday for sure. There will be a lot to talk about then, of course, but I'll kind of preview Sunday's matchup for you guys on tonight's show. And also tell you what happened Friday morning at Nuggets practice, another eventful practice for sure. What I want to do first, though, is, of course, go to the Total Beverage Fan Hotline, our guy Chris, with another great question there. If you do have a question for the show, don't hesitate. Hit up the Total Beverage Fan Hotline, 1-800-BSN-8394. That's 1-800-BSN-8394. Just leave your name, leave where you're calling from, leave a message for the show. I will play it just like I'm about to do right now and give you my reaction. So without further ado, let's go to the Total Beverage Fan Hotline right now. Hey, it's Chris in Denver. Uh, my question to you today is a little bit more negative. Um, I, I know it's first week of camp. Everyone's really happy. But uh, the theme of media day on Monday and really the theme of the week in general is playoffs or bust. I want to talk about that other, uh, the other clause, the or bust. What would or bust look like? So let's assume this is a barring injury, knock on whatever wood you could find. Um, what, what does bust look like to the Nuggets this year? Um, to be honest, I'm kind of having a hard time seeing it outside of the West just being so good and a miracle trade happening for Minnesota where they're able to deal Butler and somehow get better and maybe make another Western team better as well, like the Clippers or someone. Um, outside of like Jamal taking a step back, Millsap falling off a cliff, I really don't see how the busts uh, happens this year for the Nuggets. I think, you know, to the extent this team is flawed, we've already seen their flaws exploited, and you know, I, I don't think it's I don't really think you can assume no improvement on those flaws with the team this young. Um, I don't know. I'm just curious your thoughts on the bust what that looks like, what the potential consequences would be, not only for Malone, but Conley and the team as well. Does someone get traded? Do they start over? What happens? Uh, curious your thoughts on this. As always, thanks for your time. Love the show. Keep up the great work, and go Nuggets. All right, Chris, appreciate the question as always, and I think I'm in a similar boat to you. The bust potential on this team, not factoring in injuries, of course, is super low because last season, a lot of things went wrong for this team and they still wound up winning 46 games and giving themselves a shot to get into the playoffs in game number 82 last year. I mean, think about all the things that went wrong. 
They got off to a good start, but you know, shaky here and there. It certainly wasn't the best start they could have gotten off to. Paul Millsap gets hurt, obviously, which was clearly a huge detriment to their season. They lost a ton of games they should have won to the likes of the Suns, the Hawks, the Kings, which the Nuggets are still beat up about. Every time I ask somebody around this team about those losses, you can just tell it hits a nerve with these guys. They're still pissed off about losing those games from last year. Jokic was injured for a time. Gary Harris was injured at the end of the year. The bench was inconsistent. A lot of things went wrong for this group last year, and they still finished with 46 wins. So I think I'm in the same boat as you in saying outside of injuries, the bust potential on this team is really low. I think they have a floor. Again, not factoring injuries because, uh, of course, a major injury to Jokic, a major injury to Gary Harris or Will Barton, likely alters this team's outlook significantly but not factoring in injuries if everybody stays relatively healthy you gotta think the floor of this team is still mid 40s and wins the biggest bust area is probably on the defensive end of the floor like I think the Nuggets are going to be better than they were defensively last year I think there's a real scenario where they're top 20 on defense that's just the type of impact I think Paul Millsap can have on that end of the floor. And that also factors in some internal growth from Jamal Murray and Gary Harris, them just a year older, a year more of experience under their belts, just more reps in this league on the defensive end for young guys like that. I just think it gets you better on the defensive end of the floor. So I think they will be better defensively, but I guess there's a scenario out there where they're just as bad as they were last year, maybe even worse on the defensive end of the floor. I get the sense from talking with guys at training camp that what they ran last year at the beginning of the season when Millsap was healthy, a more aggressive attacking style of defense where they're more up into their man on pick and rolls, pressing up more on the perimeter, taking more chances for steals, trying to generate more turnovers. That's going to be similar to the type of defense that they're going to be running at the beginning of this season. From talking with players and Michael Malone, it doesn't seem like they're making wholesale changes on that end of the floor. They are making some tweaks, it seems. And those tweaks I've written about on bsndenver.com this week. If you haven't checked it out, be sure to. But the tweaks are about limiting corner threes, limiting three-point shots, changing a couple things with how they defend the pick and roll, how they close out to the perimeter, trying to make their opposition beat them with contested twos, which is what a lot of teams are doing these days. So personally, and I've said this before, I think the Nuggets have a real pathway to being a top 20 defense. I just think that's the type of impact a healthy Paul Millsap can have on your team defense. And that's also factoring in growth from the likes of Jamal Murray and Gary Harris, two young guys who were at least committed enough Speaking about Jamal Murray, we know Gary Harris has been a committed defender before, but committed enough to think they're going to improve year to year on defense, just a year older, a year of NBA defense under their belt already. There's just going to be some natural progression there. But I guess there's a scenario out there where they just can't stop anybody all year. They're switching up defensive schemes on the fly. They just can't get things figured out there, and they're one of the worst defenses in the league. That could lead to some bust potential for sure individually 
I guess you could look at a player like Jamal Murray. Maybe he doesn't have an efficient season shooting the ball. He has not shot the ball well so far at training camp. Mike Malone made a note of that today and also said that Jamal suffered an ankle injury before training camp began an open gym session in September. And he struggled to get into game shape since that ankle injury. Ankle injuries are tough for sure. They can definitely affect your shooting. And it seems like Jamal's going through that at practice this week. So I wouldn't expect that to be a long-term issue. But, I mean, you never know. It could bleed over into the preseason. And then who knows from there. And you'll hear Michael Malone's comments, his full comments from practice today in a second. But he just pretty much said, like, Jamal Murray isn't in shape right now. He, he said that verbatim. And he did note that Jamal has been one of the team's best rebounders at training camp. And he is in shape. He's just not in typical Jamal Murray shape. And Malone made sure to say that. But I'll play his full comments for you in a second. So there's little stuff like that. Maybe Jamal Murray doesn't have an efficient year. Perhaps Monte Morris isn't ready for 15, 20 minutes a game, which he might have to play at the beginning of the year if Isaiah Thomas isn't healthy. I'll get into Monte Morris in a couple minutes here in further detail and what to watch for from him on Sunday because I do think he's going to be one of the most interesting players to watch in this first preseason matchup. But he's a guy who's only played, what, like 20 minutes at the NBA level? Maybe he's not ready for a role like that. I think he is, but... I guess there's a scenario out there. He hasn't done it before on an NBA level. So there's a few little things like that. Maybe this bench just doesn't really come together as we think it will. But getting back to my original point, outside of injuries, with everything that went wrong for this team last year, I do think there's very little bust potential for these guys. And maybe I'm just not seeing it. If you're seeing something else out there, be sure to let me know. But just with the continuity, the cohesion, the group that they had last year and the group they're bringing back this year, it, it seems like if a lot of things go wrong, they're still going to find a way to be in the mid-40s. And that's most likely going to put them in a spot to at least be in contention for a playoff berth. So, again, if you're thinking of something I'm not, hit up the Total Beverage Hotline, 1-800-BSN-8394, 1-800-BSN-8394. Let me know there. Let me know on Twitter, too, if you're just thinking of something I'm not. But thank you for the question again, Chris. Hope to hear from you next week, too. We've been loving the questions all week. Been loving the audience participation here during training camp. Can tell you guys are hyped up for the season, as am I. So let me go ahead and take a break real quick. And on the other side, I'll get to what Michael Malone had to say at practice today. Some thoughts on Jamal Murray, like I just kind of teased. And he had some other interesting comments, too. We'll be right back here on the BSN Nuggets podcast. The biggest benefits of CBD are our cognitive, our neuroprotection, neuroregeneration, anti-inflammatory. And then a lot of the most common situations that, that people are taking it are for pain. That is Arthur Jaffe, a former CU Buffs football player and founder of Elixinol, a Colorado-based company focused on providing the highest quality of CBD oil and hemp extracts in the world. Like Arthur mentioned earlier, CBD has significant medical benefits, 
and isn't limited to just athletes. Everyone can take it, from adults and children to even your dog. I wished I would have learned about it or that it would have been more prominent at a younger age to potentially have, have given my father a, a significant opportunity to fight prostate cancer, which ultimately took his life when I was 13. You know, I really think that it would have helped him. Arthur and the folks over at Elixinol's mission is to educate, inspire, and empower others to live naturally healthy, happy lives. To learn more and join the CBD conversation, check out Elixinol.com. Welcome back to the BSN Nuggets podcast presented by In We Go. Harrison Wynn here from San Diego. Friday edition of the show, recording a little late this Friday evening. Nuggets had practice this morning at San Diego State University. They have one more practice Saturday, which I will bring you coverage from, of course. First preseason game Sunday against LeBron and the LA Lakers here in San Diego. Without further ado, let's hear what Michael Malone had to say following practice here on Friday. Yeah, how the team looks to you today? We, uh, I tell you, we looked really good for three quarters. Uh, fourth quarter, I think the team definitely set in. Uh, but you know, uh, the blue team, the team that won the scrimmage, uh, they did a great job all four quarters. But it was great to just play, uh, get some real referees in here, uh, play four eight-minute quarters, get up and down. Uh, and the best part about this, Chris, will be we can watch film tonight as a staff and clean up a lot of the things that uh, need to be cleaned up tomorrow uh, before practice. So what did you like most about what you saw? You know, I thought the energy and effort were, you know, again, where it needed to be in day four. Um, I thought we had great examples of uh, offensive execution, being unselfish, moving the ball, playing with pace. And then I think defensively, you know, um, for three quarters, we definitely had some really good examples of, uh, you know, of our defense, starting in transition, flowing into the half court. Um, you know, and some guys played really well. I mean, Trey Lyles has had a great camp. Uh, Trey Lyles is uh, four days in a row now. He's been one of the best players in the gym. Uh, it was great to have Nicola out on the floor playing five on five, extended minutes. Uh, obviously, him and Paul together are a tough duo to guard. Uh, you know, Monte Morris has been terrific as well. So it was just uh, you know, nobody got hurt, which is always a good thing. Guys competed, played hard, and tried to play the right way. Coach, what have been some of your impressions uh, about Jamal Murray so far throughout camp? You know, um, you know, Jamal has not shot the ball well uh, in camp, and, and the best, the best thing about that, which is a strange statement to say when the guy hasn't shot the ball well, is that he has rebounded at an extremely high level, and he has done a great job of valuing and sharing the ball. Uh, going into today's practice, I think he had like 14 assists, only four turnovers in all the live sections. He was, uh, I think, a third leading rebounder as a point guard uh, in camp, which is terrific. Uh, I'm not worried about Jamal's shot, but the fact that he's rebounding, he's valuing the ball, making his teammates better is, uh, is great to see. Any reason that you can tell that he's not shooting it well? You know, I think uh, you know, he, he had tweaked his ankle in September, and uh, which forced him to miss some time. I don't think he's in great shape right now. Uh, and that's, that's really funny to say about Jamal because he's one of our best conditioned athletes still, but for him, he's not in great shape for Jamal Murray. Uh, and I think once he gets that rhythm, that conditioning back, that's going to allow him to make shots when he's tired. Mike, you, you, you talked a little, a little bit about the defense this week, but I'm curious about the process of that season. You mentioned research that you do at media day. What is the process behind really going in and trying to develop a plan about whatever schematic changes or tweaks you might make? 
Well, the process is one looking inward, looking at yourself, uh, you know, not being afraid to look and see where we were really bad. I mean, when you're dead last in a field goal and three-point defense, uh, you know, that, that is a, a major alarm. So that's the first part is saying, who are we? What do we do well? What do we have to do better? The second part is, okay, well, how do we improve that? And uh, I give all of our coaches projects, and we look at the best defensive teams in the NBA. Uh, we want to be a better three-point team. We look at the top five teams in three-point defense, and we break down how they guard high pick and roll, side pick and roll, post up, catch and shoot. And are there things that we can use that will fit with our personnel. For example, you know, we don't have a DeAndre Jordan, a Rudy Gobert, a Hassan Whiteside. So maybe certain teams, how they do things, may not necessarily work with us because of our roster. Um, but we try to take from other teams and, uh, and implement some of their techniques and philosophies to help us to be better. And so that's, that's kind of the, the process that we've used. And we don't wait for training camp to instill those things. It's individual player development. It's in summer league. It's in Atlanta. It's in September and September. And uh, hopefully those all, will all lead to better results this year. Individually, what are some things that Monte Morris does on the defensive end or can do on the defensive end that are unique, specifically with the different we can talk about technique, we can talk about philosophy. I think at the end of the day, if you want to be a good defensive player, it's a mindset. Uh, you know, when you're taking pride, you're not going to let the other guy score. Uh, I think the best thing that Monte has going for himself is that he has tremendous confidence, he has tremendous grit and toughness, and he's not going to allow teams, teams or players to do whatever they want to do. Uh, he's made tremendous strides from last year being a two-way player to this year. As I mentioned a few minutes ago, Monte has actually been one of our best players in camp on both ends of the floor. He's shooting it well, he's finishing, he's running his team. Defensively, he, I, what I like is that he's picking up full court. He's making Jamal work. You know, why is Jamal struggling to make shots? I think he's tired. And one of the reasons he's tired is because Monte is making it hard for him. And I think that's great that Monte understands that it's part of his role to put the guys ahead of him so they can become better players as well. Yeah, you know, uh, Malik is another guy that you know, I grabbed before practice and uh, was giving him a lot of credit because Malik just quietly after three days had a really good camp. And what 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 mean what, what constitutes a really good camp? Well, he was shooting the ball extremely well, over 50% from three. Uh, most impressive was his assist to turnovers. Malik was simplifying his game, making the simple play the right play. He had 11 assists, only four turnovers going into today. I think I jinxed him because Malik did not buy a shot today. And what it shows me is that we were generating the right shots, we were generating open shots, but guys are just, we put a tent in the front room today. Guys are tired, the legs are exhausted, and I think that's a, uh, when guys are coming up short, Last year, he, he was in the rotation for a while. The bigger challenge to Malik Beasley is going to be consistency. Can he do it consistently enough to want to be in the rotation for 82 games? Uh, not many guys outwork Malik. He's got great toughness. I think he has the potential to be a hell of a two-way player. But now can he make shots consistently and can he have game plan discipline every single night? So some interesting comments there from Michael Malone after Friday's practice. The first thing I'll touch on real quick is what I briefly spoke about last segment. Jamal Murray 
Malone said he has not been shooting the ball well, and he kind of attributed that to an ankle injury he suffered back in September. It hasn't let Jamal get into the best shape that he can be. Maybe that's contributing to his struggles, but don't really anticipate that being a long-term issue. So that will just be something to monitor over the next week or so. The two guys I really wanted to touch on when it comes to what Malone had to say there were both Trey Lyles and Monte Morris. Malone mentioned how the Nuggets scrimmage today really extensively with referees and in more of a structured setting for the first time here on Friday. The starters won, but you know th- this was pretty much a game setting. You know, four quarters with referees. They got to simulate game situations, which is definitely something every team needs to do at least a couple times before their first preseason game. And he went out of his way to praise Trey Lyles and pretty much unprompted said Trey Lyles has been one of the best players in the gym this week. That really backs up everything I've heard. When you poll people who are privy to watching these full Nuggets practices, and again, we the media don't get to see the full practice, but when you ask people who are in attendance, Trey Lyles is always one of the first names out of their mouth when you ask who's impressed. And everything you hear is he came into camp in the best shape of his life, really put a detailed program together in the offseason to get stronger, to get quicker. He worked on his foot speed a lot. And he lived in the gym. And that is really paying off over these first few days of training camp. And he played so well last year in Paul Millsap's absence. And obviously, you guys know by now, if you've been listening to the show, that when Trey Lyles played over 20 minutes per game last year, his stats were through the charts. And when he did not play 20 minutes per game last year, he really could not find his rhythm. He could not gain any consistency. So the Nuggets really want to get him at least 20 minutes per game. And one way they might try to do that is playing him at small forward. He played so well last year. He's played so well over the summer and into training camp that Denver is willing to try him at small forward to try to get him more minutes. So that's going to be really interesting to see how it goes. And I'm sure we'll see it Sunday. It's definitely one of the storylines I'm looking forward to the most. How will Trey Lyles play at small forward as a part of that bench unit? So Lyles had a great camp. Everything I've heard backs up what Malone said. He's been one of the most impressive players in the gym this whole week. The other guy Malone spoke about there specifically was Monte Morris. And like Trey Lyles, Monte Morris has been drawing rave reviews this entire week. People you talk to will say, the typical stuff about Monte Morris. You know, he plays like he's a 10-year vet. He never turns the ball over. He just knows how to run his team. And if you watch the Nuggets at Summer League, if you watch Monte Morris in the G League, even if you watch him at Iowa State, that shouldn't come as a surprise. This is a guy who always plays in control. He knows how to run an NBA offense. He knows how to play point guard in every sense of the position. Jamal Murray is more of your modern-day playmaker at the one, Monte Morris is your classic point guard. And I have a feeling Michael Malone really appreciates the consistency, the steadiness that he brings to that point guard position. And how Monte Morris plays this preseason is going to be really fascinating to watch because we don't know when Isaiah Thomas is going to be healthy and able to play. I've really gotten no indication that the Nuggets are willing to put a timetable on it, and I don't think they will. I think they'll let him come back when he feels comfortable coming back, and he's not doing anything at practice. He's you know, out there shooting occasionally, but you know, so are Michael Porter Jr. and Jared Vanderbilt, who are also 
without timetables to return. So it's going to be fascinating to watch how Monte does on Sunday and next week. Denver's definitely confident in him, and a lot of confidence is built from what he did last year, how he's been in the gym all summer, what he did at Summer League, and also what he's been doing at training camp this week. He's just really been playing well. His defense is something that Malone talked about, too, and this is something he said at Summer League, Monte Morris did, how he was going to pick up full court. And he held true to that at Summer League. He defended 94 feet pretty much every time he was out there. And it also seems like something he's been doing in practice. When defending Jamal Murray, maybe that's another reason why Jamal is a bit fatigued. Because Monte is pressing him so hard like Malone alluded to. Uh, so that's how Monte Morris is going to have to be on the defensive end to be successful. He's not the thickest guy. He's only like 175 pounds. Definitely the lightest guy in the Nuggets roster. So he's going to have to get up into his man, be scrappy on the defensive end. Jamal Murray, who you'll hear from in a second, compared Monte Morris's defense to Tyler Ulis, his former teammate at Kentucky. Just a smaller, scrappier point guard with really good hands. And the final guy that Malone really talked about there was Malik Beasley, a guy who we haven't really heard a lot about during camp. And he is in a dogfight for a rotation spot, that's for sure. He is in that dogfight with Torrey Craig, with Juan Chirinon Gomez, who I have also heard has had a great camp. And talking to people, it seems like he's going to get a legitimate chance to crack this rotation at some point during the first portion of the season. Malik's in that dogfight, and he's got to prove that he can just do it on the offensive end of the floor and on the defensive end of the floor consistently for real legitimate minutes and real legitimate rotation minutes. So that's what Michael Malone had to say today. Some interesting comments, that's for sure. Let me go ahead and take a second break real quick. And on the other side, we'll get to what Jamal Murray had to say at practice today. We'll be right back here on the BSN Nuggets podcast. When it comes to quality craft beer, there is no place quite like Colorado. And Colorado Keg House embraces the true essence of that, providing 75 Colorado craft beers on tap. The most unique thing about Colorado Keg House is how many beers they have on tap. I mean, there's simply a beer for everyone. They change them out regularly, and it's, it's great Colorado craft beer. I've been going there for about two years now, and I'm never disappointed. That was Lindsay, and like she mentioned, Colorado Keg House rotates their inventory each week to bring you new flavors. They also offer a great selection of Colorado wines and spirits, so you can sit back, relax, and enjoy any sport you wish on one of their 27 TVs. My favorite thing about Colorado Cake House is the atmosphere. You can bring whatever food that you want to eat in there, and they have a million TVs. It feels like it's not a bad seat in the house, and they've got extremely comfy couches that you can sit on and hang out with your friends and just kick back. It's, it's a great atmosphere. If you're a Colorado beer lover and you haven't checked out Colorado Keg House in Broomfield, do yourself a favor and head over there today. And don't forget to mention BSN to receive 20% off your order. Welcome back to the BSN Nuggets podcast presented by Inwego, the subscription that can get you into almost any event in Denver. Harrison Wind here, Friday edition of the show. Nuggets had another training camp practice this morning. You just heard from Michael Malone. Let's hear what Jamal Murray had to say following today's practice. Have gone with what you're kind of seeing from this every day. Um, just continuous improvement throughout everybody, individually and as a team. 
I think we're building that chemistry and starting to understand what we, what we want to see in our offense and uh, in our defense. So it's been a good three days and just looking to improve uh, during the preseason. What, what's, been, what's been your impression of Avanti at that spot behind you so far this season? He's done really well. Uh, you know, he's ran his team. Uh, even the scrimmages kept, you know, kept the game close, you know, scored, passing. Uh, he's done a little bit of everything, so he's everywhere on the court, too. Um, you know, full court pressing me, uh, trying to wear me down and stuff. So uh, it's, it's good competition and uh, gets everybody going. Uh, just coming into this year with a year playing really only point guard under your belt, compared to like your rookie year, just what's the comfort level like for like you this year compared to last year? Uh, I just kind of know where my spots are. Uh, just running the team. Uh, having a better understanding of what you know, guys like Gary, what guys like Will are you know looking for the ball, and when they look for the ball. Um, you know, Joker just playing off and just uh, obviously just be more comfortable in my role and um, in my spot. So obviously I'm looking to score, I'm looking for my team too, and uh, keep the pace up. What were just your impressions of how you guys look in the uh, scrimmage portion today? We look really good. Both teams look really good, uh, especially um, especially defensively. We we're flying around, guys are talking, communicating. Um, even if we're wrong, guys are just at least talking, communicating, and um, you know, trying to do the right thing. So once we clean up some stuff and watch the film, uh, we'll be better in, in preseason. What are some of your uh, perceptions of how you guys are changing things a little bit defensively? Um, just in terms of how, what you guys are trying to do differently this year? Uh, nothing too much defensively, nothing too much difference. Um, I just think one thing is we're, we're communicating a lot more. Um, you know, whether it's switching, whether it's some talking out or down or a pick and roll, we're just everybody's on the same page and trying to trying to fix it in the matchup. So everybody's everybody's on the string trying to help each other out. What challenges does Monte uh, provide on the offensive end? So when you're guarding him, what what's difficult about guarding him? Um, he's a, he's a great passer, you know. So uh, when he comes out the pick and roll, he's got you know he's he's very aware, you know. Of, the big, whether he's going to blitz, you know, whether uh, I'm coming up behind him for a steal, you know, he's just very aware of everything around him, and uh, you know, he can get to the paint, and he can pull up for his, his, his mid-range shot, and he, he's up in three, so uh, he's got all-around game, and he looks continues to get better, and uh, you know, challenge me every day. What if he's guarding you? What, what unique challenges does he present? Um, he's kind of like, uh, you know, back in Kentucky, when I, whenever I would go against Tyler, he always got them good hands, you know, always stripping the ball, you know, always getting steals and stuff. Uh, so it's a, it kind of reminds me of the same kind of defensive playing style that you know, he brings, where he's just always handsy, always trying to strip the ball a lot, you know, so he's got to be aware. This summer working out together, uh, was he a guy that you worked out with a lot or not so much? Yeah, we worked out a lot, but, you know, I didn't know. No issue, so. Uh, but yeah, we got to work out a lot and be in the weight room a lot, so we got to be around each other. So there's what Jamal Murray had to say. Don't really have to spend too much time on his comments there. But some nice praise for Monte, how he's kind of been a pest on the defensive end, really echoing what Mike Malone has had to say and really echoing what everybody's been saying throughout training camp about Monte Morris. But this might be a good time to go over some other storylines I'm really going to be paying attention to Sunday other than... The one I just mentioned, really Monte Morris's play because he really might have a chance to play most of this preseason, possibly open the season as the Nuggets backup point guard. So this is really going to be a big test for him. Summer League is one thing. NBA competition is a whole nother. So I'm really interested to see how he looks Sunday. Really interested to see how he looks later in this week too. But another storyline I'm excited to watch for 
and really interested to see on Sunday is how Nicole Jokic and Paul Millsap look together. I don't know how much the Stars are going to play. We'll probably find out from Michael Malone Sunday at shoot-around before the game exactly, but you know, maybe a quarter, maybe 10, 15 minutes. We'll see. That's probably enough for them to get their feet wet, for them to get a couple reps under their belt. But it's really crucial for the Nuggets to start this year really well. And with 10 of their first 14 or 10 of their first 15 at home, that's definitely possible. The schedule shapes up well for them. But to do that, they'll need Nicole Jokic and Paul Millsap to mesh well together. And there's a lot of reason to think that they could. They come into this year already having played a lot of time together last season. They've been playing in the open gyms together before training camp. And so I think they will come into this year and start off and click a lot earlier than they did last season. Now, today, Friday, when I'm recording this, you might be listening to this Saturday, but Friday was the first day where Nikola Jokic went through five-on-five full contact. He's had an injury to his finger that he's been dealing with. Michael Malone said he banged it in an open gym before training camp had started back at the Nuggets practice facility. And, you know, the team was just being cautious with him, just holding him out until he felt ready to go. He was wearing a wrap on it, I saw, but he did play five on five today with contact. So that's encouraging and it's needed because say what you want about how lethal this Nuggets offense is. It's lethal, first and foremost, because of Nikola Jokic. And the flow of this offense changes drastically when Jokic is out there versus when he's not. So it's important to get him out there. It's important for the starters to get that rhythm with Jokic that they had last year. And it's important for him to get out there and get reps with Paul Millsap. So it was good that those two played together here on Friday. It's good that they'll be playing together on Sunday during the Nuggets' first preseason game. And that's really the only storyline I'm interested in watching when it comes to the starters. Yeah, we'll be monitoring Jamal Murray's ankle. We'll see how the starters mesh together. But look, I think the starters are going to be brilliant. (laughs) They're going to be great offensively for sure. I guess defensively is something to watch for. Could be tough to really get a gauge for that in the preseason though. Really what I'm interested in watching is the bench. And how this bench rotation shapes up because... The only two givens that we know right now, I think, are that Trey Lyles is going to play a lot, probably minimum 20 minutes per game, and Monte Morris is going to open the season as this team's backup point guard. Those are really the only two certainties we know. Mason Plumley is also going to play. We know that, and I've heard Mason Plumley has had a great camp, too. He's coming to camp in great shape. Other than that, you know, we think Torrey Craig is in this rotation. Maybe Wancho gets some spot minutes here and there. Maybe Malik Beasley gets some spot minutes here and there. I'm just really curious to see how this bench rotation shapes up. I think it's going to be really telling who plays because that's going to give us some indication of what Michael Malone is looking for out of his bench unit. We know Torrey Craig brings the defense. We know Wancho Aaron Gomez brings the offense. Malik Beasley probably brings a little bit of both. So that's... Another big storyline for me. What does this bench look like? What does the rotations look like? Who's playing with the starters? What starters are playing with the bench? And granted, it's a first preseason game Sunday, but I saw from the preseason action tonight, it seems like most teams might play their starters and regular guys, go through their normal rotations or what they plan to be, possibly their opening night rotations for a half. So ideally, we'll get a half of basketball from the Nuggets on Sunday against the Lakers. So 
just to sum up, I think that's really all I've got for today's show. But the main storylines I'm watching for Sunday in the Nuggets' first preseason game, probably one, Monte Morris. How does he look at backup point guard? Does he look like he's fully capable of handling 15, 20 minutes a night, maybe? Or without Isaiah Thomas, who Nuggets need Will Barton to shift into that role a little bit. That's the first thing I'll be watching for Sunday. Number two, probably Trey Lyles. I've heard great things about him at training camp. He's been shooting the ball well, no hesitation on his jumper. He's been playing with a ton of force, a ton of authority. Does that show up in a game setting, which I have to think it will? And do we see him at the three? I think it's going to be fascinating if he does play small forward. Can he defend that position? That's going to be the one thing he could struggle with the most, defending threes. But he's worked on his foot speed. He's worked on his conditioning. He's worked on his overall strength. I'm excited to see it out on the floor for real. And finally, Jokic and Millsap. Jokic has been a little banged up. Just played five on five with contact for the first time Friday. Excited to see how him and Paul Millsap, who's apparently been playing really well in these scrimmages in a practice setting, has come into camp in great shape, seems determined, seems just really pissed off about how last year went, wants to prove that's not the real him. It's going to be really fascinating to see those two play together. So that's what I'm watching for. Let me know what you're watching for. Let me know your thoughts on this game on Sunday after it happens. After the Nuggets and Lakers play, I want to hear what you have to say. So post-game, call into the Total Beverage Fan Hotline, 1-800-BSN-8394. 1-800-BSN-8394. Let me know what you think about what happens. I'll be recapping the game on Monday's edition of the show. Hope to have some of your questions to answer then. And with that, have a good weekend, guys. I'll talk with you on Monday.